0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and napkin podcast, a weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome back to the coaching staff. Episode number 66, Uh, we are back with new podcasts. I took the Thanksgiving weekend off, wanted to spend time with family and and friends and relax a little bit, focus on those important things. Uh, We'll have a new interview podcast dropping uh, this next Monday here after you listen to us. And when I say us, it's not just me. It is the man, the myth, the legend himself, uh, the Croner from the Cedar. Mr. Tony D. Viss. Mr. Viss, how are you this fine Sunday evening?
1: Trying to adjust to this uh, white stuff that we got last night, Marty. I'm a little bit shocked to my system with the amount of snow that we got, but it, it makes a little bit more basketball season with that. Yeah. How are, how are things in Omaha? Uh,
0: some some white stuff as well, a little bit cooler. Um, always nervous, like, you know, Tony, been there, done that. uh you know, kids, kids leave home after a break and they got to drive home in some inclement weather. And you're always kind of a little bit nervous about that, but, uh, they, uh, they both got home or they both got back to school. All right. So, uh, grilled, grilled some pork chops, uh, in the cold weather here tonight. I think I ran out of propane, uh, which is good as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's been good here. And, uh um, you know, by the time folks hear this, uh, the morning that we'll be dropping this, we'll have our first game that evening. So uh, we'll have our jamboree on Monday night, and then we'll have three more practices. And uh, we'll be uh, when when people hear this, we'll be playing for real uh, a few hours after they hear this. So uh, when do you guys tip off for real, Tony?
1: Our first game is Tuesday. Okay. Uh We host Marion, so they're coming to our place on Tuesday. Uh, and then we go do an active scrimmage where you have to. Do some sort of service project, then you get to play a game, but it counts as a scrimmage if that makes sense. Yep. But I, I want to go back to the grilling thing. Yeah. Out there grilling in twenty degree. I mean, anybody can grill when it's nice out. But you <laughs> out there? That shows a commitment.
0: Well, so I, I actually put that on. I, I put that on Twitter a couple of hours ago. You know, anybody can grill in July when it's ninety, but can you grill when it's twenty degrees out and there's snow on the ground? Um, so uh, Carla went to the store today. Uh, she. Uh, sent me a text hey can we still grill pork chops i said absolutely we can and i I got the last bit of propane out of my tank i think i i think that's completely bone dry and yeah i just i just said what the heck i'm tough you know i got this and uh it was delicious the pork chops were great bone in uh cooked them slowly oh it was good (sighs) stuff buddy
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no such thing as bad weather. It's not having the proper
0: clothes. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Unless you're in the ice planet, Hoth. Uh, Or growing up in northwest Iowa. uh, You know, (laughs) uphill both ways, five miles to school. All that good stuff. So um, let's dive into it here, Tony. Episode 66. I've got two uniform numbers for you, Tony. Uh, One is a... I think he was a linebacker. And the other one... Is a hockey guy, eh? You know? Okay. A hockey guy is
1: a penguin. I'm guessing it's Mario Lemieux.
0: Mario Lemieux. Oh, yeah. You know, he's a French-Canadian. <laughs> oh, you betcha. A hockey. Oh, yeah. He could He could, he could have had a slap shot there that you just can't stop, eh? Yeah. Yeah.
1: 66, linebacker. Yes. I was for sure that would be an offensive lineman. I believe um, he
0: was a linebacker. Um and, and in common with our, with our weather report, uh, enjoyed the frozen tundra. Let's go with Nagurski. Nope, not Bronco hey. Nagurski. Sam Huff. Nope, not Sam Huff.
1: Oh. And I'm off to a stellar start here.
0: Um, the frozen Nichke. tundra Nichke. of Lembo Field. Ray Nitschke. Ray Nitschke is correct. Nard Dog. Nailed it.
1: No, 66. Good number.
0: Yeah. 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 It's a good number. Two all-time greats there. And, uh, yeah, we are now. So, 66. So, a little bit better than 65. I don't think we had any numbers last week. Oh, no, we didn't have anybody. Yeah. No. So, uh, at least we had something to work with this week, buddy. So
1: We did. One of the all-time great hockey players and one of the, you know, all-time heroes early on there in football.
0: You bet. So... Well, let's hop into it here. Episode number sixty-six, and Tony, uh, we Tony brought this up and thought it was a good idea. Uh, this is the time of year where we're recording this on Sunday night of, of Thanksgiving break. Uh, Head back to school tomorrow. Uh, family and, and our our season, uh, and, and again, this is aimed mainly at basketball coaches, but you know, every coach probably deals with to a degree um, seasonal. Breaks and absences, not so much fall coaches, but winter and spring coaches. You have Easter break or spring break, depending on your school. Uh, with us, it's Thanksgiving and Christmas. And, you know, e- those things can get a little dicey when you're talking about player absences and missing time and how do you handle it as a coach uh, and, and what do you do? What are your policies? How do you think through your policies? All of those type of things. And, and Tony brought this up and, and, and I agreed with him. I thought this was a great idea. And, and I assume Tony, this is kind of the direction you wanted to go with it, right? Yeah.
1: Um, you know, it's one of those things where at Kennedy we have a no cut policy. I'm not sure what what you guys have at Fort Calhoun. We have a no cut policy and basically what happens as you, work your way through this is the fact that there has to be some type of accountability of being at practice. And the one thing we have to be careful of, you know, obviously you're, you're at the varsity level. I'm at the sub varsity level is at the sub varsity, not that expectations are are way down, but they're not as, as high as what varsity is. I mean, if you're a varsity starter, you know, it's, it's probably assumed that you're going to be at practice over Thanksgiving and Christmas and different things like that. With me, there's a little bit more flexibility there, Um, You know, we have 18 uniforms and I currently have 27 guys out. And, you know, those guys that that don't have a uniform, you know, how do you hold them accountable? Guys that do have a uniform, maybe they're a rotator or they have, you know, one all the time, you know, how how do you hold them accountable as well? And so um, one of the things that I make sure that I try to do is that holidays and family are very important. I mean, you can't sit there and say that with you, with your mouth and then have your actions contradict it. And so pretty much as long as a player is in communication with me, you know, hey, coach, we're going to go to out of state to celebrate Thanksgiving with relatives. Mm-hmm. You know, you've, you've got to be flexible with that as long as it's communicated. Yeah. What um, we've got a policy set is if you have three unexcused absences, you are dismissed from the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something as you work through there that if they don't communicate it with you, you know when does it have to be communicated and all that stuff i mean again and that's up to each individual coach um but the one thing you also have to factor in there a little bit too is sometimes you get young people who need the sport more than the sport needs them yeah and so that's got to be a part of it too because you know if they come from you know a, a rough home life and you yank basketball or sports in general out from underneath of them you know, you might lose that one thing that gets them to come to school, that gets them to work on their grades, that gets them to behave a little bit better. Yeah. And so there has to be a big picture, you know, view of things there as well.
0: Yeah, I, I, my, yeah that was my first bullet point as well, Tony. Uh, empathizing with the families. And I think we get it. I think we're all human. I think you want to spend time with your kids and grandkids over the Thanksgiving break. Uh, I want to spend time with, with our kids. I would like to go see my dad. You know, uh, you know, we went to see Carla's uh, mom and, and some in-laws um, for Thanksgiving. So you empathize with it. Uh, you have to understand. I, I think it's really important. And uh, I think one of the questions that you can ask is you know how can i help how can i help yep. this or, or and and i think if you're not asking the question to uh your your players and your and and in, in this situation it's more so the parents uh you're you're asking that to yourself how can i help what are some things that i can do to help this situation i i you know for example this year and, and we're both in a unique situation um for both of us there's a big college football game every black friday is that we yep. come back from from thanksgiving and i try to take a look at that and say okay where's the game at what time is it how can we kind of work around that because it's it's a it's a big deal for iowa and nebraska fans mm-hmm. and and so what we did this year is the game was at 11 and it was in lincoln just 45 minutes or an hour down the road so uh, we came back and we didn't practice until six o'clock Friday night uh, to give people plenty of time, uh, basically a, an extra full day. So almost two full days of Thanksgiving break, if you count all day Thursday and almost all day on Friday. There, uh, we we gave them almost you know over forty eight hours away from basketball to to do family things and this and that, and and then we waited until six o'clock, and and that's something that we did it. And and a lot of years I go back and forth. Do I bring them back on Friday or not on Thanksgiving break? So I, you know, I chose, and and I usually choose to bring them back on Friday, but what I told the, the families this year is we play something like December 19th and then we don't play again until December 29th and we come back on the 28th. Our moratorium is the 23rd through the 27th. And we're done with school on the 21st. So I told them, hey, we're going to practice on the 21st. I'm going to give you an extra day on the moratorium. So instead of just taking five days off, we're going to give them six days off. We're probably not going to get much done on that 22nd anyway. So take an extra day, plan it out. And then what I try to do is I try to communicate that schedule to families as early as I can so they can plan for it and empathize with them. But inevitably, we're going to have situations, whether it's family absences, Um, club sports absences that are going to break through and cause issues as well and i think that's where the deeper divide is at don't you think tony
1: yeah yeah um you know one of the things that you take a look at with club is the fact that it's it's interesting i mean it's not the sport in season and they're very demanding because they've paid to play Mm -hmm. and so you know there's there's issues that run across with that and there's just not a two-way street it's you know they, they're not willing to meet you halfway it's not even really 90-10 it's you're going to do this because you know we said and we they have that that caveat over them if you will with the whole pay-to-play thing and, and being a club sport
0: how do you handle that tony when a kid says you know in your let, let, let's go and, and it seems to affect girls more than boys don't you think
1: 100% would agree with that uh-huh. you know again I'm not here to cast stones. Yep. Um, but it seems like the one that usually butts head is volleyball. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that one is is a deal where uh there's just not a willingness to work with, with high schools and, and I'm not saying that about everybody. I don't want to make it a blanket statement, all yeah. club volleyball's evil or anything like that, but they the, the you know, unfortunately some of them have tainted and, and provided a reputation.
0: Yeah. So what do you tell a kid who says, and let's go back to your varsity coaching days as a girls coach, but I mean, this can apply to boys as well, depending on where you're at, what region in the country, what what's emphasized, so forth and so on. Um, but in our situations in the upper Midwest here, um, the, the female sports seem to be affected by it more. Um, what would you do when, when or if you had a a situation where a player said, coach, I'd love to play basketball or I am playing basketball, but my club coach says, I have to be at this uh, for this weekend here, or they don't want, you know, I can't play for their club or or whatever it may be. Um, You know, how did you handle that?
1: It's one of those things where you hate that they put the kid in the middle. That's the part that's frustrating. You would hope that adults could could find a solution and not put the kid in the middle. Um, You know, and what we would do, uh, you know, if they missed a practice, uh it was less severe than sometimes it was as a game but one of the things we would do is if they missed a game um they would not start the next game and depending upon you know how we had moved forward proceeded forward uh playing time would be would be limited in that situation mm-hmm. um you know if they missed two games then it would be two like we have a you know a, a situation where uh, we have a kid that's going to miss some games and so going to play when he comes back but he's not going to start and that spot now is up for grabs and they'll compete for it and the earliest he'll be able to start will be he's missing three games will be after three games mm-hmm. and so we'll see we'll see what happens there but that was kind of our you know kind of my policy in the way that we went with it again with being sub-varsity a little bit lower level I, I don't want it to be as harsh as maybe it would be at the varsity level um, but at the same time, if you preach the importance of being at practice and, and you know, we talk about one of the greatest abilities of all is availability, yeah. and then you're saying that, then you look the other direction, well, this kid's our best player or this kid is our leading scorer or, or both, whatever, um, then I think you, you look pretty phony in front of your players.
0: You know, one of the things that I tell kids in those situations, you know, and like you said to me, I think one of the best points you made there was it's bad that adults are putting kids in the middle, yes. and I mean that's the that's the saddest part of it all. It really is. It really is. Uh, I would I, I, I would tell them um, if you're playing for a club that tells you that, then if I were you, I'd be looking for a new club. Yes. You know, um, you 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 are in high school. You are a 14 to 18 year old child. Uh, you should be able to to do the things that you want to do when to a degree now you've committed to the basketball team. It's basketball season. Uh, that should be your first priority and, and so forth and so on. Uh, but you know, that's, that's, that was my pat line when, when a kid would say, well, my club coach says, if I don't go blah, blah, blah. Um, and we would go through things like, well, you know soccer soccer's a big one here in in Omaha um, well we're going to some some scouts tournament in in Phoenix Arizona okay well here's the deal i wrote my master's thesis on recruitment of you know division 1 women's basketball players one of the general rules of thumb is most kids don't go more than 3 hours away from home the three hours is about the radius that most kids go that they're recruited to at most levels. Um, so you going to Phoenix to play at a Pack school or even at the biggest, a Division II school, but you're going to go to Phoenix to get looked at, that's probably not, make doesn't make a whole lot of sense. you know. And, and I would try to give them information that would hopefully make them rethink the whole scenario instead of getting caught up in, well, I have to go to Phoenix, or I have to go to San Diego, or I have to go to Orlando to do this, that, or the other thing. Um, those those facts. Uh, you, you try to be logical, and 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 sometimes it would work, and and more often than not, it wouldn't work. Uh, but but that would be the thing that I would lead with is if you are if you have an adult telling you this, then you might want to rethink who you're playing for, uh, because I just don't think that's very fair. That's just me. Coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, Strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96 page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that, that's a really good point because if you're, if you have somebody who's telling you that you have to do this, do they really have your best interests in mind or do they have their own best interest in mind? Yeah. And, you know, and one of those things where, you know, I Love, love multi-sport athletes. I'm sorry, love multi-sport athletes. You want to give them uh, a great experience in high school because that's what it's about. It's about trying different things and find out what you enjoy and what you're good at. It's not about specializing at 16 years of age or whatever the case may be. And if you run across people who are pushing that agenda down your throat, it's their agenda, not your agenda. And you might want to look at do they really have your best interest in mind because. I would argue that they don't, but I agree. You know, give them a, a different way to think about it rather than, you know, uh, the hammer falls, so to speak.
0: Yeah. Um, did you ever have a written policy, Tony?
1: Uh, we did. Uh, we, we had some stuff down uh, as far as, like, you know, if you miss a practice, if you miss a game, and different things like that. But it's been a day or two since I've looked at that. But it was basically, you know, if you missed a practice, you uh, and you were a starter you wouldn't start if you were uh, missed a practice and you were a role player you might not get in that first rotation but we would get you in that second rotation yeah. um, and if you missed a game and you're a starter you know like i talked about earlier uh, you would not start the next game and then your position was up for grabs and you might lose that spot that was kind of the little caveat that we differentiated between the the practice and the game
0: yeah I I have a written policy. In my sabbatical, Tony, uh, I probably may have put more thought into this than I did anything else that I worked on, man. And and that was part of the environment that I was in. And especially like my last season at my old job, I was really, really frustrated with just uh, inconsistency, lack of consistency, so forth and so on. I had a couple of kids. They were lower level kids. Um, and it was it was probably mid to late January, and we got to like Thursday practice, and we had we had a game on Friday, and 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 maybe a game on Saturday. I can't remember what it was, but I know we had games that weekend. And I had two kids. I think I think they were JV starters at the very least, JV contributors, and they came up to to me and a couple of the other coaches, and they said, "Uh, hey, coach, uh, we're not gonna be here this weekend. This is on a Thursday." Okay, where are you going? What's going on? Well, we have a club soccer tournament. Okay, well, where where's your club soccer tournament? It's in Las Vegas. Oh, okay. So you're you're probably telling me you didn't know about this. Uh, I'm guessing you knew about this before today. You, you knew about a while ago. Yeah, yeah, uh, we knew about it at the beginning of the season. Okay, why did you wait until the day before you left to tell us? Well, we knew you were going to be mad.
1: Well, yeah. He held against us.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, you have no idea how mad I am right now. And, <laughs> and, um, and, and so, and there were other things that happened that season dealing with absences of club policy. You just, just, just and, I, and I just felt like I, I had to have something tightened up. And so I spent, I, I mean, uh, you know, Perry Mason I think would be pretty proud of this document uh, Tony you know but it, it's pretty well spelled out uh, and I, I just kind of go through what's the differences between illness and injury uh, what's the difference between family emergency uh, you know what's acceptable and what's not acceptable um, and, and and all of these all of these things and if anybody wants to take a look at this you know um, you know let me know just email me or, or reach out to me. Um, and it's not perfect. I understand it's not perfect. Um, I call it black and white with some gray, uh, is, is the way I described it in my notes here for tonight's podcast. Um, and, and and I tried to say, you know, please, uh, use the summer to go to showcases, tournaments and camps for your club sport. We'd much rather have you miss in the summer than in the winter, you know, all these different things. And, you know, I specifically spelled out what's an excused absence. Um, and if it's not on this list, then it's an unexcused absence. And, and basically you have first offense, second offense, third offense. And if we get past the third offense, kind of like with your, if you miss three things, you're, you're, you're done. Um, you know, it's, you're probably done, you know, and yeah. it, it, it's, and, and, you know, it's just, you gotta be fair to the program. And, and, and I make the player, I make a, all the players sign it. I make a parent sign it and they turn it in. And we, we got those collected and, and, and just so everybody's on the same page. And so I don't have to make a ton of decisions every once in a while. Have I, you know, I I really haven't had to do anything with it. Um, My, my three years at Fort Calhoun, and I don't think I'll have to do anything with it this year, but it's there. And, and even if I have to deal with a situation, at least there's something in place so that there's no uh, misunderstandings or, well, you did this for, for Mary. Why don't you do this for, for, for me, you know, type of a deal. and, I just, it's been, it's been good for us. It it sends a clear signal to players and parents that uh, early on in the season, we're thinking about this and let's try and make it work. You know, let's try and make it work, but you've got to protect yourself as well.
1: Yes. And one of those things where, you know, like we were kind of talking about earlier, you want everybody to have the experience and then to, play basketball and soccer and volleyball and, and all the, the sports that they would like to try. But at the same time, you have to have something that protects, uh, protects it. You know, I, I like the fact that you, you spelled out what's an excused absence. What's an unexcused absence. Here's what happens after one. Here's what happens after two, so on and so forth. And then, you know, they sign it the right way. There's no, no questions. No, I didn't know that was going to happen. No, it, it's spelled out right here. The, the yeah. document that you signed.
0: Yeah. Um, what do you permit your kids to do? What do you say? Hey, I get it, Billy. You're a, you're a baseball kid, or Billy, you're a soccer kid, whatever it may be. Uh, what what do you say? Hey, I'm not saying don't pick up a baseball or, or a baseball bat. Don't don't kick the soccer ball around a little bit. What's okay with you, Tony?
1: You know, it's just one of those things where if they want to do those things, I really don't have an issue with it. I mean, you could you could. Sprained an ankle, walking down the sidewalk in a patch of ice, and whatever. I've done that. Um, the, only, the only, thing <laughs> I, I asked, and again, this is more varsity than, than sophomore level, is that the closer that we got to the tournament, I just asked that they were smart, you know, and, and maybe gave up some of those things, you know, during the tournament run, and then, you know, we, we hope that we play to the last day. But if we were get to get, get knocked out, then go right back at it, but mm-hmm. just make sure that you're smart as we get towards. The important time of the year, which is the postseason.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. In in this deal, I kind of say, you know, listen, I'm I'm okay with you doing some skill development. Uh, and and for me, the easiest example is is softball because I played baseball, so I'm I'm more familiar with what is okay and what is not okay. But I tell them, hey, if you want to go pitch, go pitch. Work on your pitching. That doesn't bother me. Uh, if you want to go to the batting cage and, and get some swings in for twenty minutes or a half hour during the season, go, go. That's fine. It doesn't bother me. It really does. I don't want you though. Uh, let's say we practice Monday through Saturday. On Sunday, I don't want you going through a two or three hour club volleyball practice, or it, where you're jumping and running and exertion, exerting energy and, and and you know over the top energy, I should say, you know. Or I don't want you doing a two hour uh, full contact soccer. Practice or or things like that. There, there's there's got to be a line there. And can I control that? No. Uh, am I going to drive around Omaha checking in on soccer facilities and volleyball facilities and stuff like that? No. But you you put it out there and you try to talk to your parents and you try to talk to your players about um, how to how to uh, or you, you, why this is not such a good idea to overextend yourself in that regard and again a lot of times it's the it's the adults that put the kids in a tough situation and that's the that's the toughest thing about it
1: yeah you know you would hope that they don't buy into the you know this is if you do this you're gonna get that scholarship yeah you know that that's the part that i think at times that uh they buy into stuff that that you know if if it appears too good to be true it probably is too good to be true
0: yeah one of the things that I do, Tony, when it when it comes to this, um, is when we have our parent meeting, and this inevitably comes up: absences, club sports, that type of thing. Um, you know, the you know vacations. You know, uh, hey, sorry, we're it's a family tradition. We're we're going to wherever, and we're going to be gone a week. Well, okay, you know. And 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 one of the things that that I tell my parents, uh, I didn't do it this year, but I've I've done it pretty much you know for many years. I have done this. Uh, what I what I tell them is, hey, how would you feel if I said, you know, I I want to go skiing this weekend, and I and I know we've got practice on Thursday, and we've got a game on Friday, and we've got another we've got another practice schedule for Saturday because we play on Monday. But I'm going to take off for three or four days, and I'm going to go skiing because I just I just want to go ski. You know, uh, it's a family tradition. Uh, how would you feel if I, as the head coach, took off? And of course, you kind of get them looking at me like, "Well, we'd kill you." Like, yeah, you would. Yeah. You 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 would you would lose your mind if, if I just said, "Hey, I'm I'm taking off for, for three days in the middle of the season, not because of a family emergency or or anything like that. Uh, it's because of uh." I just want to take a vacation. And and I think that helps put some perspective on things. Again, it doesn't solve the issue. Ultimately though, Tony, it is your job as a coach or the head coach of the program. You have to hold the line and you have to protect the program. You you can't you can't turn this into a revolving door or else that's what it's going to be and you're never going yes. to you're never going to you're going to have groups that are going to respect the privilege and not abuse it. Um, and then you're going to have groups that are going to abuse the privilege. I remember, uh, I think it was Jim LaFever was the, the manager of the Cubs and he had a very open door policy. If a guy wasn't feeling good that day, he would come in and say, Hey, skip, I, I'm not feeling good today. I'm you know, I, I don't want to play blah, blah, blah. And, and for a season it worked out well. I think the Cubs had a really nice season And then the next year they abused the privilege and they went from, I think they went from like a playoff team, it might've been the 98 team to uh, they 98, they made the playoffs and in 99, they were just awful and the clubhouse was in disarray because people abused the privilege. You have to, uh, you you do have to protect the program and you do have to have something clearly communicated and policies in place or else you're, if you're not going to get run over today, you're going to get ran over tomorrow.
1: Yes, there is a place for club sports, and there's a place for rec league, and there's a place for high school sports, and you have to have a standard and hold the
0: standard. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece, with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, send me an email at a, pen and a napkin at gmail.com, or order from our website, a, pen and a Be sure to check out the A pen and a Napkin Video Library. Well, Tony, you know about standards. I know about standards. Who, that you know of, has the greatest standards of them all? Oh, definitely Europe. You know, I was telling Tony before we recorded, I was looking at the YouTube clip that I used for this. I don't think I've ever gotten past like 35 seconds of the YouTube clip. So, uh, but hey, whatever, it doesn't matter. It is Europe. It is time for trivia on the coaching staff. Mr. Viss, it is your turn. What do you have for me, my friend?
1: All righty. In honor of a game today that we okay. will ended up winning where the other team, I believe had six players fouled out and finished the game with four players on the court.
0: Holy cow. Who
1: was Louisville able to knock off in that situation that I described? What what was the college team Louisville men beat today and finished the game with four players?
0: You know, I'm not going to cheat. I could look it up on ESPN real quick. You could. I could. Uh, can you give me a state that they're from? Or Ooh, would that if I do you... that,
1: that gives the answer. Okay. Um, I will say this. I would describe the state in the southwestern part of our
0: country. New Mexico state? Is the winner. Oh, dinner. no kidding. No way. Yeah. Wow. Out of Las Cruces. They only had 10 guys suit up? We had 10 guys suit up,
1: and six of them fouled out. And they finished the game today with four on the floor, and they lost... A close one to Louisville. I'm trying to. I think it was 80-76 or something like that. I'm trying to find it, but I'm struggling to find the final score here.
0: So, and, and you got to believe me, Tony. I did not look anything up. I I, I merely I, I, I guessed. Uh, it was it was a lucky guess. I I just I thought who would Louisville be playing? Who would only have ten guys suited up, possibly for whatever reason? And so I on my on my word. Tony, I did not look up anything. So, um, wow, New Mexico State. What's what's ninety eighty four was the final ninety eighty four. And what's even worse is it went overtime too. It went overtime too. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, uh, that's that's not good for Louisville. And I know they're they they haven't been as good uh but to only beat new Mexico... and New Mexico state had a good run a couple of years ago uh yeah when uh christians was there yep yep uh but to only to only beat them by six in overtime with only four guys
1: oh and did uh, I mention that their best player didn't play
0: oh double whammy not good at all so yeah 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 not 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 good so um but Speaking of good, <laughs> How about that? let's get into some highs of the basketball world right now. It's time for our TWIB segment. And speaking of good and speaking of looking impressive, the Boilermakers out of West Lafayette, Indiana, Tony, have made an early season statement winning the Maui Classic. And, of course, it's just great that they're having basketball in Hawaii after the tragedy that occurred Uh at Maui, um, that, that that they kept the tournament going, and hopefully the community uh, continues to recover day by day. Uh, but uh, Purdue makes a statement winning the Maui Classic, which is always a tough tournament to win. But if you take a look at the route or the uh, yeah the route that Purdue had to do had to go through uh, Gonzaga, Tennessee, and Marquette, and Marquette beat Kentucky or Kansas before uh, Purdue beat Marquette and uh, Zach Eady is a very large human being who is really dominant at college basketball to say the least Tony.
1: Yeah they had a great run um, You know, they, they put a stat out there and it's escaping me off the top of my head right now what they are in non-conference games uh, they've only ever lost two non-conference games in the last however little bit here both of them were the upsets that happened the past two years in the NCAA tournament but you know I think it was Doug Collins that Mentioned that if you want to get to where you want to go to, you have to have your heart broken. And you, yeah. we saw this with Virginia when they got beat as a one seed, and then the next year they came back and won. It could Purdue be that team this year?
0: Yeah, we <laughs> saw them play last year when they played at Nebraska, and very controversial call at the end of the game. Uh, Nebraska got a clean steal, bad call by the official. Even as a even if I was a neutral observer, I say ah, it was a bad call. Uh, uh, Zach Eady is pretty much the largest human being I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he's dude, lost like
1: 10, 15 pounds, too. So oh. he's improved his mobility, yeah. uh, and just rebounding out of his area a little bit better, yeah. able to defend the ball a little bit better, you know, on because he plays mostly drop coverage, but yeah. able to defend the basket a little bit better. Um, But yeah, he's, he's definitely has raised his game and I think you'll see him in the NBA and have a a decent
0: career. I think he's got a shot. Yeah. You know, and, and, and and, and you you can't, I don't care what they say. You can't teach seven foot four and he's got a soft touch and he's, and he's going to rebound. He's, you know, he's at 25 and 13 for the Maui classic. Um, Just, just really, really impressive. And uh, you know, Matt Painter, give him his due. Uh, Terrific, terrific basketball coach. And just year in and year out uh he's got um he's got Purdue right there with the best in the country, and uh they're gonna be there again this year and like you said, Tony, uh maybe getting their heart broken will lead to them uh doing bigger and better things this year in the tournament, you know, collecting those scars a little bit so you
1: know and the interesting thing too I mean you listen to his huddle his huddles some of the most entertaining. You know, in terms of what he says, he's he's really really good. Uh, Hmm. My, I I would, I shouldn't say my. I believe he's in the top five for uh, NCAA men's basketball coaches. He's just really really good. The stuff they run offensively is very impressive.
0: Yeah. Uh, Speaking of impressive as well, and a school not talked a lot about until last year, Florida Atlantic. Uh, winning the ESPN uh, preseason college tournament you know of course now is the the time of year where we're playing a ton of these tournaments uh, but they had an impressive run uh, they beat Texas Am who just beat Iowa State right before we got going here Tony uh, and and then they uh, uh, they destroyed Virginia Tech this afternoon and here's a small school uh, in a small facility but they made the final for it and was you know, a second, literally a second away from being in the national championship game last year uh, with most of their players back. And, you know, they're making a statement that, hey, we're not going away here. Uh, they just they just took care of two uh, power six schools in pretty convincing fashion in the last couple of days. And they're 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 key to make a run here again, uh, Coacher.
1: Yeah, I mean, you take a look at them uh, with their win over Virginia Tech. They beat them by 34 today. That's their second win in school history against an ACC team. Now, I get Virginia Tech's not a blue blood uh, as far as the ACC goes. But they did make the finals, and it was a fairly tough field. Iowa State's a good team. Texas A&M's a good team. Um, and not that they beat both of them, but there were some quality teams there in that in that tournament. And to make the final, and maybe they were out of steam today for whatever reason, but uh, Florida Atlantic is, is a threat to make it back to the Final Four. If teams take them lightly, I think they will rue that decision.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um... It's a great story. You know, the great thing about college athletics is the story of the underdog and, you know, in the NCAA tournament. It's not like football. You need, you need to pretty much have – you can narrow it down to – 20 teams that really have a legitimate chance to win a national championship in football um, because of facilities, because of money, because of this, because of that. You know, Gonzaga, Florida Atlantic, San Diego State uh, founded in 1904 by the Germans. Um, you know, all of these different schools. Uh, Butler, you uh, they can't. They if this was college football, they wouldn't be able to compete. But that's the great thing about college basketball is a Florida Atlantic can make a run, a Virginia Commonwealth can make a run, uh, and all of these different things. And and uh, you know, like you said, they're 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 not beating power five, power six schools. They're they're thumping power five, power six schools right now. And you know, steel sharpens steel a little bit. Obviously, uh, I, I believe they're in the American Conference, aren't they? In,
1: that is a good question. I will look that up here real quick.
0: But you know their conference isn't going to be as strong, so they're trying to find uh, uh, they're trying to find competition outside of conference to, to get them ready for the tournament. Kind of like what uh, Gonzaga has done uh, over the years. Uh, they they've played a tremendous non conference schedule uh, because there's probably going to be some weaker teams in their conference, and, and so. I, I think it's a great story. I think it's awesome, and, and look for the Owls to make some noise here. So, uh,
1: it says here that they are Florida Atlantic. Uh, let's see here. The Owls compete in the football subdivision, so the FBS is what they're in, and they're in the American Athletic Conference. Okay, I was right. Hey, again. Hey. It's your day.
0: Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It's greatly appreciated. So, <laughs> want to know more about a pen and a napkin? and all the resources it offers, go to a pen and a, a great resource for any coach at any level. In addition to our A pen and a Napkin University video library options that are available to order, we have hundreds of pages of notes, from one-page handouts to book breakdowns to original coaching notes. We also have coaching links, a full catalog of every A pen and a Napkin podcast, and ways to contribute to the growth of A Pen and a Napkin. Apenandandnapkin.com is a coaching resource that will help you become a better coach. You want to go a little women's college basketball, Tony? Yeah, let's, let's head that way. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's been talked about a lot here, uh, and I want to get your perspective on this, Tony. Uh, Angel Reese has missed, I believe, her third consecutive game for Louisiana State. Um, obviously, there's, and I'm going to use air quotes here, Tony, something. Going on now when I say something and I use the air quotes something, uh, is it a, a mental health issue? Is it an academic issue? Is it a, a personal health issue? Um, you know, whatever uh, is, but or is it something? Is, is it a disciplinary issue within the team? Uh, is it an academic issue? Well, you know, whatever. Uh, but obviously, there's something going on. Okay, uh, I, I don't think it's controversial to say that there's something going on here. Um, what I wanted to kind of ask you about here, Tony, and get your perspective on is, you know, Kim Mulkey has been really mum. She hasn't said, she hasn't really said anything. Uh, she has just said, you know, she's still on our team. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. Uh, and she is, I, I think, uh, one of the things that I read was, well, you know, she feels like she's protecting her player. And I, and I understand that. Uh but what has happened with this unfortunately and you know because of the way the, the nature of social media and the way some things played out last spring for for Angel and and some of the things that happened in the national championship game and the few days afterwards uh, people are immediately jumping to negative conclusions that it's got to be something really really bad that happened with her as to why she is not playing um And because Coach Mulkey has not really said a whole lot, there's there's no real route to go um, and and to to really try and figure things out. Uh, You know, Tony, I guess the the question I'm trying to get to in a a long-winded fashion is, uh, is she protecting her player by not saying a whole lot? Or should Mulkey, I'm not saying explain everything that's going on, but just say, hey, Angel's dealing with an academic issue. We're going to keep it in-house, Can, you know, and, and we're going to move on with that. Or uh, Angel is dealing with a, a personal health issue. We're going to move on, okay, and, and we're going to go from there. Um, You know, what's the in, in 2023, almost 2024, uh, what's the best way for Kim Mulkey to handle this type of situation?
1: You know, I would say Angel's dealing with a private issue, and when the appropriate time comes, we'll share details. Mm-hmm. And I think that would, that would be, would suffice. I mean, you you kind of get that same type of thing in, in other areas as well. You know, please respect my privacy, and so on and so forth. But by not stating, you know, it's a private matter, we will at some point address it. We're just not going to do it right now. You're kind of fanning the the flames of of gossip and you've got a variety of things out there. Like you said, you know, you gave a handful of things there, ranging from grades to health to, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff that's out there. And so, uh, it's, it's kind of running rampant and, and hopefully there, there comes a point in time where, you know, maybe share a little bit. If it is, if it is a mental health thing, um, you know, then she does need her privacy respected, but you know, there, there might be some protection for her because of health, mental health, whatever the case may be, that their coach is trying to shield and protect her from.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and my son went through this last year at Nebraska, and this is on public record. I, I double-checked and made sure because I didn't want to uh, say anything that was in- intended to, to stay private, but I was pretty sure it was public at this point. Um, he he was uh, he's he's friends with a, with a guy that played for Nebraska uh, named Derek Walker who graduated last year. He was their starting center uh, on their team last year, and and Derek uh, missed a good chunk of time at the beginning of the year. I don't think he played in the first four or five games uh, for Nebraska last year uh, because he was dealing with some mental health issues, and 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 the coaching staff kept that pretty close to the to the vest. Uh, our son knew what was going on and, and he said, you know Dad, I, I can't tell you what's going on. He's gonna be okay. he's just working through some stuff. And uh-huh. you know I wasn't going to press my son on it. Um, and I understand that. I understand keeping that private and and, and whatever the issue is with with Angel Reese, I, I hope that it's uh, going to clarify itself soon because she is a talented talented player uh, who who obviously has shown that she could do some really, really great things out onto the floor. Um, I'm Like I said, I'm bringing this up not to retread old areas, but just as coaches, how can we learn from this situation and, and how do we handle it and what's the best way to handle it? And most players in this situation are not Angel Reese, defending national champion, most outstanding player of the Final Four, who had a pretty pretty public blow-up on the sideline with her coach, got benched for a half, and then we haven't seen her in uniform ever since then. So I think that kind of... Adds to that's an elixir to the uh, to the recipe here that people are just kind of trying to figure out.
1: Yeah, you hope that everything's okay and that she'll be out there soon, uh, mm-hmm. playing in a sport that she she enjoys.
0: Yep. Um, a Z Fud, Tony. Bad news uh, for the yeah. talented Yukon guard here. Um, just it just stinks that any kid that that gets hurt. Um, you know, it, it's it's just terrible. Uh, but you're talking about one of the best, you know, one of the highest recruits in the country, and, and now she's going to be out for another season here with an ACL tear.
1: Yeah, she's had, you know, nothing but bad luck, and UConn seems to have, like, a dark cloud over their head. I know we mentioned earlier about uh, New Mexico State played with 10 players. I know UConn played recently in a game as well with only 10 players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they're kind of mixing and matching and, and doing what they can, but, yeah, it's just – it's terrible for her because she was looked at as one of the you know best shooters ever coming out of high school, and has just had you know nothing but but compromised health as she's been in the collegiate game, and you kind of wonder uh, how that impacts her basketball future and decisions going forward.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 just a tough deal. Um, hopefully, she can recover and be able to uh, put together a, a solid uh, fourth. I think this is her third season at Connecticut um you know and obviously this year is over and hopefully she can just take the next uh 10 months or so get fully recovered and and have a great last season um in stores because uh she was just a extremely uh extremely hyped player coming out of high school uh i even knew who she was in nebraska uh so you know that that says something and uh you know, it's it's just a sad story. It's it's tough when your players get hurt. Uh, we're dealing with a little bit of a situation right now with one of our kids and, and you, you just you just never wanna you never wanna see kids go out of the game in that way. Uh, it's inevitable, it's gonna happen, but you never wanna see it happen. So
1: Yeah, it's it's tough. You know, you want what's best for them and you know, you when you saw her and Beckers being paired together, you were thinking, and UConn might win at least two national championships while those two are together, but they have never been able to be out there at the same time. I think I would guess they played less than 10 games together over the past few seasons.
0: Yeah. So, um, let's wrap it up with a little NBA talk, uh, Milwaukee starting to come together. And I think this is a, a a lesson that we can learn Tony, uh, as, as coaches at any level, a lot of people jumped to conclusions early on with Milwaukee, uh, but they've changed some things. They've given their, their squad a little bit of time to gel. Uh, coaching staff made some adjustments. I think some players went to, to Adrian Griffin and said, this ain't working defensively. We need to, we need to do some things differently here. Um, and it, it's starting to come together for them. They're playing better basketball. How important is it to not jump to conclusions after a week or a week and a half of games or whatever, uh, to, to just stay the course, especially if you feel like you've got a talented team.
1: It's huge. You know, it's one of those deals with, with them where, you know, they had a, a big change with adding Dame and then uh, trading some guys and, and putting different people in roles and stuff, and then you've got a first time head coach and there's going to be obviously some growing pains there. And it's a long season, 82 games. And so uh, you're going to experiment, you're going to mix and match and stuff like that. I mean, there's still only a game out of the best record in the East going through this topsy turvy at the beginning of the year. But yeah, you've got, you've got to give the product time. If you have talent, uh, and you're trying to get a system in, you, you have to be patient. You know, they were down, I believe, 20-some points today yeah. uh, to Portland yeah. and came back and, and, and won that one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, you know, Dame coming in late, you know, it's, it's not like they had three months to think about how they were going to use Dame uh, before, he, before he reported. It was just a few days. Um, so that's going to take a little while to adjust the scheme that you've been thinking about. Uh, Chris Middleton... Is coming back. Uh, he's on a lot of minutes restrictions. I think he's going to ramp up. I kind of see him, uh, hopefully for his case, kind of like Jamal Murray did last year. A lot of people remember the end product of the Nuggets winning the championship, and well, they should, but... Uh, he started out really really slowly and people were questioning him as he was coming back from an ACL tear um and and working his way back into things you know uh let him work into it uh brook lopez is is older uh, but Giannis is he's he's good he would uh he would get some minutes at kennedy i think and yeah, maybe uh, a six man yeah maybe it's a six man so uh yeah i think it's important to 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 develop and and, and stay the course in that regard um Speaking of staying the course, uh, the Orlando Magic uh, have really come on here, Tony. They're 11-5, and five and they just beat, in their last two games, they just beat Denver and Boston and blew out Boston in convincing fashion. Tony, uh, for the first time since perhaps uh, the days of Dwight Howard and Hedu Turkoglu and Jameer Nelson and Richard Lewis, the magic might matter again
1: yeah you have to give jamal mosley a lot of credit i would say you know obviously we're less than 20 games into the season but he's definitely at the forefront of coach of the year in the nba i mean they won seven in a row they were five and five before this little streak here and uh you know they've got they've got some guys who really care about each other support each other well and uh and they're they're pretty young too yeah It's not like they've hit their their ceiling. They're going to continue to develop. Uh, Franz Wagner, I'm sorry, and then Cole Anthony uh, are really strong for them. Paulo is not bad. Um, But, yeah, they're they're a fun team to watch.
0: Yeah, you know, and Banquero, you know, I don't want to say he's only averaging 19 a game, but uh, he averaged over 20 last year as a rookie. Uh, Wagner... Um Wendell Carter has only played five games for them at center. Uh and, and he was gonna be a big piece for them. So they're doing this without him as yeah, well.
1: Markel Foltz is another one that's only played five games for him
0: too. Yeah. Uh I've always been a big Jalen Suggs fan. I, I just think anybody who's a quarterback and that tough, they're gonna figure it out. And and uh he's starting to figure it out. I've I put me. I've never sold my stock, as as Kevin O'Connor would say. I've never sold my, or Bill Simmons might say, I've never sold my stock on Suggs Island. I, I've still got my real estate there. I, I've still got my uh, my deck going out to my yacht, uh, or maybe not my yacht. Maybe my 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 my. Uh, is it a schooner? Is this? A schooner. Yeah, yeah. A schooner. yeah, sailboat. How about a sailboat? Just a nice little sailboat. Okay. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, you know. You just one. Just one on this island. I've got other islands, you know. Um uh just call me the British Empire. The sun never sets on my on my uh my my uh real estate holdings around the planet here, Tony. So so uh but no I, I've I've always liked him and yeah, they're off to just a, a tremendous, tremendous start for a really, really young team. It seems like they've got a really bright future here and Uh, Wanted to throw them out here in our Twib segment as well. So, uh, folks, if you get a chance to watch a little Orlando Magic basketball, uh, do so because they're they're doing some good things. So, um, Tony, episode sixty-six, player absences, club policies, absence policies. uh, Anything you want to bring it home with, buddy?
1: Yeah, you know, we just go back to what you talked about. You know, during your sabbatical, take some time. Black and white area, gray area. Uh, find what works best for kids. And you know, if you run into conflicts with with the club coaches, uh, there's going to be times you're gonna have to be the bigger person. And I, I you know, and, and do what's best for kids and give them a chance to participate and and see what high school is really about, which is experimenting and, and finding finding your path and what suits you.
0: Yep. Yeah, I, I I think it is. And and like I say, with any of these type of situations, if you're not sure what to write down just start writing stuff down just start typing it out and and you'll flush it out but the only way you can do it is by by putting it down and and so uh like i said if you want a copy of ours or what i put together and again ours is imperfect uh there's no perfect way of handling these situations and i fully understand that but uh i like ours um it's worked for us now again we haven't had to deal with it as much in this situation as i did my old situation but um, I feel really good about it. That if I was put back into that situation, I would feel very confident with it. So um, you know how to get a hold of me? Uh, pen and a napkin at gmail dot com or email me directly uh, uh, at a pen and a napkin on Twitter. Couldn't think of that for a second, Tony. I don't know or X or whatever we're calling it these days. So
1: yeah, uh, Elon changes it from time to time.
0: Yeah, he's just messing with my stuff. I don't know. So <laughs> I have to talk to him about it when we meet up for dinner next week. Anyway, uh, on him, huh?
1: The dinner's on
0: him. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and Bill Self. Uh, so uh, we're going to meet at one of Warren Buffett's Dairy Queens here in town. So, uh, like <laughs> uh, But no, episode 66, player absences. Uh, if, you, if you need anything, let us know. I uh, hope you enjoyed this podcast. And uh, coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.